0: Free Spirit Academy is about the freedom to be fully yourself, beyond any trauma that may have been accumulated through our families, religions, education systems, cultural conditioning, and beyond. Our bodies hold our trauma, but they also hold our truth. My name is Randy Moss. I practice eating psychology coaching and somatic experiencing, and I'm grateful that you're here for these talks and conversations. One of the reason I talk about feeling so much and why I'm so interested in this and why I eventually pursued somatic experiencing is that I just used to feel very numb. And from the outside, this was often misinterpreted as being very at peace. So growing up in a conservative Christian church, I would get comments largely from adults about how, you know, Jesus was clearly in my heart and I was just the calm in the middle of the storm and I was so pure and all of these things that I just, even then as a very (laughs) devout young person, I found it very odd because I just wasn't feeling much at all. I didn't feel much a lot of the time and and things that should have made me sad or angry or even feel a sense of awe. I I grew up on this exquisite Alaskan island and I could tell it was beautiful and that I should be feeling something and I I just felt nothing. So I did a lot of intense things for a long time to try and feel something, whether it was something risky like skydiving or bungee jumping or something that I was viewing as healthy or spiritual like juice fasting for months at a time or ice baths or long, intense kundalini yoga practices. I I would get a brief high and for a while I would feel alive and okay And at that time, I had no idea that I wasn't just spiritually advanced, but rather I was just stressing my nervous system to such a degree that it felt like I was close to death. So it would bring on all of the calm and clarity that would happen in such a moment. But it was all I could figure out. I didn't know why I was so numb and unaffected by things that were clearly affecting other people. But now I know... I know that when we're very young, the things that we experience can set us up for life. And that when we experience trauma without resolution, that stays with us. The survival energy can stay stored in the nervous system, potentially leading to an adulthood of anxiety or depression or constantly feeling in a hurry or like something is wrong with you or like uh, something bad is about to happen. We can develop addictive or compulsive behaviors and patterns. And if we're particularly sensitive or susceptible, this stored survival energy can also lead to chronic symptoms or illness. And obviously this is complex and I'm giving it a super simplified overview, but I hope it is painting something of a picture. Another thing that can happen when we've experienced so much stored survival energy or unexpressed emotion or inhibited impulse, we can disconnect from the experience of our bodies entirely, which I experienced. or when we do feel our bodies, they just feel like nothing, which I also experienced. And this is not um, it's not bad. It's not the body malfunctioning. It's incredible really it's it's an incredible way of coping when we're young or we've been through a trauma at any point and don't have the option particularly when we're young of of escaping or creating a life for ourselves yet and when we have to fit into and be cared for by the systems and structures around us this isn't even a bad thing as an adult you could you could have a very healthy well regulated nervous system and disconnect from your body if Heaven forbid you were attacked and couldn't escape. The body is always doing its best. And of course, trauma doesn't always have to be as extreme as an attack or abuse. Our nervous systems can have that same fight, flight, etc. survival response when we're being emotionally rejected as they do when they're being physically attacked. And I'm not saying that some trauma isn't worse than others. It certainly is. But seemingly normal things in seemingly normal childhoods can lead to a lot of pain and confusion as adults. Over time, as I've learned to feel and stay with my body and as those stay with my body as those feelings are arising, So many memories have come back to me where I realized that my little child body, experiencing things that, again, might be considered normal or not that bad, my little body panicked and froze and didn't quite find safety again for a very long time. So, again, there was a point where I was definitely like, well, you know, my childhood was pretty... It was fine. It was normal. Maybe I even said it was good. I don't remember. Um, and of course, over time, learning to be with this numbness in my system and having these things come up, and also realizing what sorts of things leave a mark on the body and what sorts of things can be um, experienced as traumatic, I've realized there were there were a lot of moments, um, a lot of moments where my body was not okay, where I was not okay there were moments where I would be physically in pain and told, that doesn't hurt, you're fine. Or when I was crying and an adult said, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. There were the times that I spoke up or defended myself and was snapped at with, that's not very Christian-like. And there were moments of, inner realization of who I was and what I needed and wanted that weren't okay in my family culture and religious culture, so the fear and shame and constant need to hide was all there too. Then there's the bigger stuff, like being immersed in a family where one parent was an alcoholic, or there might not be enough money, or we might do something or think something that was a a sin or just the belief that we were inherently sinful. And my conditioning was, as it is, I think, for a lot of us, that like this, like this is all, nothing here was that big of a deal. Nothing here was truly trauma. But my body clearly disagreed. And I've learned that if my mind says one thing and my body says another, that the body's experience shouldn't be discounted my body was saying that it had all been too much. I very much wanted, as I think we all do, to feel alive. But my aliveness included a lot of years of sadness and anger and fear and confusion and shame. So feeling, learning to feel as desperately as I was trying to do that, meant feeling that stuff. And I didn't know what that meant. I'd journal and analyze and think and think and think about the things that I was upset about. And I just kind of felt the same, still numb, maybe kind of crazy, like my thoughts would race. And I would just be in the same loops and patterns, despite all of this seeming work that I was doing on myself. I was on a walk with a friend recently and when we see each other we take these long walks and often it's through a local cemetery talking about whatever big crazy life shift we've been through since we last saw each other and we were talking about how sometimes it can feel like you've you've worked through a thing you've worked through a trauma or a feeling or a belief system only to find there's more or there's a deeper layer and i was thinking of course this makes so much sense because feeling really is a skill especially if we have experienced a lot of trauma or if we weren't taught how to feel, if growing up, it wasn't safe to be sensitive or feeling or expressive, or if we didn't have caregivers who were able to feel their own emotions, let alone mirror what we were feeling back to us, which we need. So not only is it a skill that many of us, can get to learn to develop as adults, our nervous systems need time to build the capacity to be with bigger emotions and trapped survival energy. So just like we wouldn't go out and run a marathon, we have to build up the strength and the capacity. This is quite similar. So my first attempts at feeling my feelings were in regards to food. I'd had this out-of-control binge eating through my teens into my twenties, and I was reading books and trying to be mindful and so devastatingly upset with myself for choosing to eat my feelings instead of feel my feelings. And I could tell myself in the middle of a binge urge to pause and feel, but one, it was so overwhelming, and two, I didn't really know what that meant, and three, There was a subtle fear that if I felt my feelings, I wouldn't get to eat. And all I wanted to do in those moments was eat. Eventually, I found kundalini yoga and there were these sets for processing anger or processing sadness. And the teacher would say, feel your anger and let yourself feel it. And I would just spin and spin in my head and think about all the things that I was angry about and not really feel much in the way of a resolution. But I loved the practice and the intensity of it because there's often many points of focus. So you might have an eye gaze and a thing you're doing with your fingers and a pattern you're doing with your breath and a way that you're moving arms and a mantra. And it was so many things that it helped my, <laughs> my ADHD self focus enough so that I could settle and just be with myself. And that really was a blessing. And as I continued and advanced in my practice, I started noticing that it was so intense that I could actually feel sensations in my body. So tingles and rushes and waves, which was an absolute delight when you've spent a lot of time feeling numb. And I think after enough of that, I was just ready for more and more found its way to me uh, all at once. I was trying to find answers for my muscle and joint pain that had been chronic for a while, and I came across the work of John Sarno, which, to be honest, I wouldn't necessarily point anybody to. Um, It's not practically helpful, but it, it planted some seeds. So his theory was that When his patients allowed themselves to think about what they had been upset about um, or what had been upsetting them unconsciously, they could start to resolve chronic pain. So chronic pain being a symptom of repressed emotion. And it was kind of simple. Uh, A lot of just when you notice the pain in your body, think about what's making you angry or made you angry. I'm probably doing, to be honest, a terrible job of presenting John Sarno. But this is, I will say, uh, rather than saying I'm presenting John Sarno, I will say this is what I was getting out of it at the time. I actually don't think he really describes feeling work um, particularly well, and I see how somebody could even interpret his work as saying your pain is all in your head, and it's certainly much more complex than that. However, I was very intrigued, and I started playing, and I'd go out on walks, and I would notice the pain in my knees, and and bring up something old that I felt mad about. And as I I felt my knees and thought about this situation, now also having been paying attention to these swirls of sensation in my kundalini practice, I noticed that anger actually felt like something in my body. It was tight and hot and largely in my heart and throat and arms. And I, I could Body imagine, so feeling this happening, screaming it out or yelling it out or saying something that I wanted to say in that moment. And the sensation would move often up through my throat and soften, often also softening my body pain to a degree. And I was just enamored with this right as I was getting through a couple of the Sarno books, I came across the presence process by Michael Brown, actually several of his books. And it was uh, it was really interesting at the time because I picked up this book and was immediately deeply engaged with it and got to the part where it was time to do the practices, which was just, sitting a couple times a day for 15 minutes and breathing in and out and um, it was a 90-day practice and I realized there were exactly 90 days left in that year and I was like well okay yes I, I accept this invitation and so in his book he talks about primary emotions boiling it down to just sadness and anger and fear and I, I want to talk about the first time that I felt each of these as standalone episodes. Uh, maybe at another time, but in general, I just started living my life and checking in with my pain throughout the day and then asking myself, which of these emotions were the closest to what I was feeling? Was I sad or mad or scared? And then I'd ask myself, what does that feel like in my body? And then I would describe it and track it. And so from here I went into the presence process learned to sit with myself and my breath and be quiet no crazy breath work or movement just me and whatever sensations were coming up I think for 15 or yeah 15 or 20 minutes at a time and at first every time I sat down it felt like I was going to die this was not peaceful even with all of the long long kundalini practices and as prepared as I was for this it was agonizing and the longer I stayed with a sensation in my body the more it would intensify until I felt like I could not stand it anymore and then it would change and I would feel changed and I did not know what was happening I I didn't know about trauma or the nervous system or anything that was stored in my body I was just like I can feel <laughs> I am an alive human being and because I was obsessed I just kept going with this and I would sit until memories came and I could stay with traumatized parts of myself through what once felt like dying and I could go into old memories and allow myself to complete things in the way that the impulses in my body wanted to so saying things that I wish I could have said or defending myself or just seeing a bigger picture. And then I found Peter Levine. And when I read his book, Waking the Tiger, I I knew I needed to know as much as I could about what he did. And when I started training in his somatic experiencing work, I had never had a somatic experiencing session. I think I I, think I was the only one. And And now I do have a great somatic experiencing practitioner who I see occasionally and I understand deeply the value of co-regulation and how we, I don't think we genuinely can do everything on our own as, as much as I had been able to do on my own. And as proud as I have been of that, I don't think we're meant to do everything on our own. So as I was getting into the training, I got to see why what I was doing was working and making a difference in my life and what trauma was and what the nervous system was and the methods for working with it safely and intelligently to work with this stored energy. And I'd already been practicing with some clients and for some, it was really useful. And for others, I now know that i Woke up too much energy in their system, right? Didn't quite know how to tell where they were or how to get them back to safety and how to go in and out of activation to really build up that nervous system capacity. And that I did continue to learn over the following years. So that is how I learned to feel again. There were more tools and more details, but that was the short 20 minute gist. It was largely a lot of consistent practice, and I hope that here I've offered some resources or examples that will be useful to you on your own path. Enjoyed this episode. For more updates on courses, classes, one-on-one mentorships, and more, go to randymoss.com. R-A-N-D-E-M-O-S-S.com. And thank you so much for listening.